As we've covered before, eating disorders are a major problem, yet they are extremely underreported or misdiagnosed. To begin with, many people who are suffering with eating disorders don't realize that they have a problem and that there is support for them out there. Because they're so stigmatized in in today's society, even people who do realize that they have a problem and who want to seek help feel like they can't because they'll be judged or they won't be taken seriously. Eating disorders can present themselves in a multitude of ways and they can affect anyone. There is often a misconception that someone is too young to have a severe eating disorder, but the average age of onset is 10 to 15. This means that even people in elementary school can have life-threatening eating disorders. Yet at that age, there's almost no information available for those seeking it. The first time I encountered some sort of serious disordered eating problem was on a segment on YouTube where this girl refused to eat anything other than ice. And I remember thinking that it was stupid because all she had to do was just eat. And obviously this thinking was incredibly flawed, but I was never taught otherwise. Even in my eighth grade health class, we never even talked about eating disorders, yet we went into great detail about other mental illnesses. Public schools have to follow a curriculum set by the state, and unfortunately, These curriculums are often not perfect. There have been multiple articles about how nutrition lessons can be triggering and more harm can be done than good. In many health classes across the country, the nutrition unit requires students to keep a log of everything they ate in a day, noting the calories in each thing for a few weeks. Although the point of these assignments are to help students make healthy decisions and make them more aware of how important nutrition is, The required counting of calories is extremely detrimental to those already suffering from disordered eating and can make other students hyper-aware of what they're consuming. Teenagers who were required to count calories and track food were statistically more likely to develop an eating disorder. They often became obsessed with numbers and couldn't stop thinking about how many calories there were in everything that they ate. Eating disorders are most prevalent in in people ages 10 to 25. And so this means that people who may still be in elementary school could be suffering with a severe eating disorder without even realizing because they they were never taught that it's a problem. The majority of the population are usually introduced to eating disorders through forms of media such as television and movies and most people don't learn about them in school. The combination of the two is why there is so much misinformation and lack of awareness. When I was in elementary school, I didn't know what eating disorders were, and I only started to learn about them several years later when I started doing my own research for a project in which we got to choose the topic. Eating disorder education in school is incredibly important, yet, but the subject needs to be handled with care. It is very easy to teach wrong information if one is not familiar with the topic. So the best way to go about this is to get a guest speaker who is an expert or has had experience in the, t- in the field. This could be someone who works at an eating disorder recovery center, someone who had previously suffered from an eating disorder, or someone who is part of an awareness organization, for example. 
Oftentimes in middle school, people start becoming more aware of things like anxiety and depression, but even then, it can be pretty difficult to grasp just how important it is to learn about because it's so prevalent within that age group. The majority of middle schoolers today are incredibly misinformed or or uneducated about eating disorders. And within my own personal experience, they oftentimes don't believe that it's something that can actually affect people their age. They might think that someone who is showing signs of disordered eating are making it up to seem cool or popular or that they're doing it for attention. This is so far from the truth. And one idea about how to combat this is by potentially getting a panel to speak at a school. This panel could be made up of experts in the field, as well as people closer to their age, such as high schoolers who have recovered from eating disorders. Having people who are of similar age could be helpful because it's eye-opening to see people like you struggling with something that might originally seem like something that isn't a major problem. Unfortunately, this could be very tricky as it is really hard for many who have recovered or are in recovery to talk about what they went or are going through. Although it would take some planning and coordinating, this could potentially be very beneficial to those wanting to create a more inclusive curriculum and education surrounding mental health, nutrition, and eating disorders. A direct effect of the lack of education is the high rate of people suffering with eating disorders who don't seek help or treatment. One reason for this is that they simply don't know that there are resources out there for them because they're not spoken about more. The lack of awareness can make it seem like it's a trivial problem. A significant amount of people believe that men can't have eating disorders, so although women suffer from eating disorders at a higher rate, a higher percentage of men suffer from severe long-term effects due to um, a complete lack of information and not being diagnosed and given the right treatment. People who are overweight or obese are much more likely to struggle with disordered eating, but their deteriorating health is usually ignored, and disordered eating habits are even encouraged by their family, for example. Another recurring problem is eating disorders in athletes. Athletes train and exercise significantly more than the average person, and consequently need more calories in order to properly fuel their bodies. Unfortunately, in the athletic community, there is still a lot of stigma around body image and how one should look, even if they are capable of doing everything they are expected to do. The BMI, or body mass index, is incredibly outdated, but it's still used almost everywhere in the country. Athletes who are overweight are oftentimes encouraged to lose weight, but they're not instructed on how to do so healthily. This leads to a high amount of malnutrition in athletes, which is incredibly dangerous. A study done by the National Eating Disorders Organization stated that over one-third of D1 athletes reported symptoms that placed them at risk for anorexia. Athletes in sports such as wrestling and bodybuilding that have a focus on size and weight have a huge percentage of people with disordered eating habits. 
Many wrestlers partake in unsustainable weight loss periods for a day or two to lose enough weight to qualify for a certain weight group. This emphasis on food and weight creates a toxic and unhealthy relationship with food and nutrition, directly impacting the amount of people who develop eating disorders. Although there are so many people who need treatment and need help, there are simply not enough resources out there to help them. The average inpatient eating disorder recovery program is around $30,000 a month. And even with health insurance, it's incredibly unaffordable for the majority of people. People of color, as well as people who are not underweight, are often not taken seriously, even in a medical setting. And underweight white people are 50% more likely to be diagnosed with an eating disorder than a person of color who is suffering from the same or even worse symptoms. This also means that white people are significantly more likely to be able to receive treatment compared to people of color. As of right now, there are no drugs or specific pharmaceutical treatments designed solely for eating disorders. Clinical research for them is severely behind that of other mental illnesses such as OCD, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. One reason is the stigma even within the scientific and medical community. By isolating unique receptors and chemicals targeted by eating disorders, scientists can work their way backwards to finding a potential medication. However, this won't be possible until more resources are directed towards eating disorder research and more awareness is spread to bringing attention towards such a serious problem.